Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that works best for you. Now in today's message, Pastor Tony will be delivering an encouraging word that we know is going to touch your life. We pray that you listen with expectation, believing that everything you need from God, he's going to do it. Enjoy today's message. In the book of John, we begin to hear about the days leading to Jesus' crucifixion. In John chapter 19, it begins to tell us in verse 17 about that event. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of the school, verse 17, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. Now Pilate wrote a title, putting on his cross, that said this, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Then many of the Jews read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Therefore the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write, King of the Jews. But he said, I am the King of the Jews. And Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each soldier apart, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. And they said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. For who shall it be that the scriptures might be fulfilled, which says, they divided my garments among them, and my clothing they cast lots. Therefore, the soldiers did these things. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciple, whom he loved, standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it in his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, at the first day of the week, began to draw near, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid. I know what you seek is Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. From the very beginning of the word of God, the number three was a word that symbolized a time of alignment, alignment for purpose and prosperity. I want to talk to you for the next few weeks about the number three. And I want to talk to you about three words that changed everything today. 
The Bible said that from the beginning of time in the book of Genesis, we find that we encounter the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. They are brooding over the garden that they were creating. And the Bible said they looked and declared as they picked up a lump of clay, a piece of dirt, and worked with a piece of dirt. They breathed in it and said, let us make man in our image. Now man became a body, a soul, and a spirit. The Bible said that they begin to inhabit this garden and eventually being forced out of the garden by sin. The Bible said God's plan and purpose began to journey through the earth. But before they left the garden, God told the enemy, because sin had entered the world, he told the enemy, he said, there is coming one that will bruise your head. He will deal you a fatal blow. And the Bible said that all through the Old Testament, and even into the New Testament, God's people would rise and the enemy would come against God's people. But God would continually align them and release them into purpose and prosperity. Every word of the Bible being God-breathed. You say, well, pastor, do you believe every word of the Bible? Every word. I believe every word is life. Every word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I heard about an older lady. She was on an airplane. She was afraid of flying. So when she would fly, she would take her family Bible. Anybody ever have a family Bible? It's not like a pocket Bible. It's like a big Bible. Not all your family's names in it. You're like a coffee table. She would take her family Bible when she fly. And she would get nervous. And so one day she got on her seat and opened the family Bible, began to read. A young businessman came in. He was a professed atheist, did not believe in God, sat down, looked at the lady, shook his head when he saw her Bible, said, do you believe that book? She said, every word. You really believe that three young boys walked into a fire and walked out the other side? She goes, oh yeah, that was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Really? You really believe that a man was swallowed by a big fish and spit up on the shore? She said, oh yeah, that was Jonah. He said, how do you know these are true stories? So I guess when I get to heaven, I'll ask him. I'll ask Jonah. She said, he said, well, what if he's not in heaven? She thought for a minute. She said, well, I guess then you can ask him. <laughs> Every word. Every word is true. Crazy stories, but true because of the acts of a faithful God. And we find that all throughout the word of God, God began to align and strategically position his people. And we find that through Father Abraham, a word was given. It was delivered through a promised child in old age named Isaac. But ultimately, it would be delivered through a man that had all types of issues named Jacob, which God would change his name to Israel. And now we have this great people today. We find that the Bible says a threefold cord cannot easily be broken. One strand is weak. Two may make defense, but three, they are bound and woven tight and they begin to stand. We find that the Bible says Jonah, after departing from God's presence, the Bible said he went the opposite direction from God. God's plan for his life. The Bible said God began to cause things to reposition him. And ultimately he ended up in the belly of a great fish, the belly of a whale. And the Bible said in the belly of this great fish, Jonah began to worship and Jonah began to pray. And Jonah began to give thanksgiving, probably because he had not drowned by the storm. And this is what the Bible said. God spoke to the fish. For three days he was in the belly of this well and God spoke to the fish. Some of you here today need God to speak 
speak to the thing that has tried to hold you captive, the things that have tried to keep you from your purpose. And God spoke to the fish, and the Bible said the fish began to navigate and got Jonah back on course. God was aligning him for his purpose. Why? There is always an alignment before your assignment. There is always an alignment before God does the work that he has intended for your life. And Jonah began to walk out in Joshua chapter 3. The Bible said a young ruler, a young leader named Joshua, he is now leading the people of God. Moses is now dead. They have been in a wilderness for 40 years. They're no longer in Egypt, but they're in a wilderness. They're not to the promise. And Joshua gets a word from God. He says, get ready. In three days, God is going to do wonders among us. He is going to lead us out of this wilderness and into a place of promise. So get ready. In three days, we're going to pack up and leave this wilderness. And we're going to walk in the promise that God has for us. And everywhere we put our foot down and everything we grab hold of, we are going to possess. All through the word of God, the number three was a number of alignment. It was a number where God strategically brought people into his presence and aligned them with his purpose. We find now we enter a new testament after 400 years of silence. And God sends three kings to worship a toddler. That doesn't make sense. Three kings, they show up and they have three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Every gift spoke to his divinity, his humanity, and his authority. Every gift talked about who he was prophetically when he was just a toddler. Why? Because they were being aligned for great purpose. They gave these gifts. Everywhere that this king went, everything he touched was made different. Everything he did was aligning a kingdom. He would preach a kingdom message, kingdom news. He would tell of great things that were happening. Everything he did when he touched blind eyes and gave vision, when he changed water to wine, when he multiplied a sack lunch to feed a multitude, everything he did was aligning people for purpose. When he called dead men and dead women out of graves, it was showing that resurrection power was getting ready to be released, not just in this temporal setting, but in an eternal setting. And the Bible said everywhere he went, things were made different. And then the Bible teaches us that as God is aligning this gift and God is getting ready to do some great things and God is getting ready to work and he's getting ready to speak, something begins to happen. We find that God begins to bring Jesus to his finest moment. He has the multitudes, he has the 12, but then he has the three. One of the three would preach a message at Pentecost and empower a church. One would get a revelation in the book of Revelation and tell us what was to come and in time. But we find that God was aligning his kingdom. And Jesus said this, if you destroy this temple in three days, it will rise again. So we enter what we call Palm Sunday. We celebrated it last week. And when they entered the city, the Bible said the city was full of expectation. It was a crowded time in the city because they were there for the festival. And the Bible said as they entered the city, there was an atmosphere of expectation. They cut down palm branches and they began to celebrate and they began to shout Hosanna for Jesus. They began to declare that the son of David was now in the city of David. They waved palm branches signifying that a king was now in the city. And they were looking for an earthly kingdom. They were looking for a throne. They were looking for armies. They were looking for the Messiah to invade. But Jesus walked into the city. And he entered the house of God, the temple. And the Bible said he drove out the money changers. He turned over the tables and he began to teach. And the minute Jesus got in the church, miracles started happening. 
There's something about having Jesus on board. Something about having Jesus, not only in this house, but your house and in my house. There's something about him being resident in my life. The Bible said miracles started. He began to teach day after day, and revelation was aligning people for their kingdom purpose. Wednesday, though, things begin to get tricky. One of his closest began to conspire with, the, with the, the religious people in the city, and before long, he had betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, which ultimately would lead to his demise. But in that same day, there was a young girl that would crawl close to Jesus. A woman that should not have been in the room, but she knew the work that Jesus had done in her life. And she crawled close to Jesus while he was sitting at a table and broke open a box. And the aroma of that box filled the room. And Jesus stopped everything and said, what she's done today will be told through eternity. Thursday, he showed us how to stay connected vertically when he gave us the gift of communion. He showed us the power of the cup and the power of the bread. He also showed us how to serve one another with a towel and that the greatest served the least. Friday, though, it got dark. We call it Good Friday because it was good for us, but it was anything but good for our Savior because it was a dark day. It was a day of hurt, a day of agony, a day of separation, a day of death. The Bible said that they took Jesus and they made false accusations about him. The Bible said they said things that were untrue. They put together a marked trial and they convicted him of trumped up charges. They gave him a cross that was meant for someone else. Aren't you glad that he will bear your cross so you don't have to bear it? Aren't you glad that he will bear your burden so you don't have to bear it? It was meant for Barabbas, but Jesus said, I'll take it. Jesus is still doing that today. The load that you try to carry, he's willing to carry. The load that you try to struggle with, he's willing to carry. The cross that you try to bear, he said, let me carry it for my burden is lie. And the Bible said he carried this cross and eventually he collapsed under its weight. Being beaten so badly, he was unrecognizable. Someone was pulled out of the crowd and Simon would carry the cross for Jesus. They got to the top of the hill and they took three nails and they suspended our savior between earth and heaven. And for hours in agony, spirit and the flesh were being separated. And finally he looked to the heavens after every prophetic word was fulfilled. And he said this, it is finished. The reason I came, the reason I left heaven, the reason that I was deposited on earth, the reason that I lived in this earthly realm for 33 years, it is finished. Every miracle, everything I did to this point, all was an alignment for this very moment. It is finished. And when he said those words, he hung his head and died. It was a dark Friday. It was a black Friday. It was a day that the sun refused to shine. The Bible said the veil in the temple was torn in two. Rocks begin to burst. The Bible said earthquakes begin to happen. And the minute he declared that, he hung his head and died. And I can see his hell went into jubilation because they thought they had killed Jesus. But the Bible said Saturday rolled around and there was nothing 
in the air. There was no Hosanna. There was no crucify him. It was silent on Saturday. The Black Friday was now over, but it was silent. It was eerie. The disciples were in hiding. The multitudes were gone. There were no cheers in the air. It was silent. But make no mistake, God was doing a work because I find when it's silent in my life, many times God is doing his best work. When I can't hear anything, God is fighting my battle. When I can't work, God is at work. When I can't figure him out, God is planning my next season. When I am falling, God is already declaring my comeback. And you may be in a silent Saturday right now, but get ready. There's a Sunday in your future. There's a Sunday in your tomorrow. Come on, give him praise. Now watch what happens. The Bible tells me in Ephesians chapter 4 that Jesus went into the lower parts of the earth and into hell. First Peter tells me that he preached to the captives that were in paradise. This is what happens. Now this is Tony Stewart's translation. You won't find this in any translation. But watch. Hell is having a party. They thought they had killed Jesus. They thought that they had killed the Messiah that was talked about in Genesis. That they looked through for out the Old Testament, who they even searched for in the New Testament. They were in jubilation. And I can see as they were having a party, the music is loud. Bass is thumping. They are rocking. And Jesus shows up at the gates. And maybe he just knocks on the gates. Just, just picture this in your mind. Maybe a little imp ran over and looked out and he closed it real quick. And he went back to Satan and said, hey. He said, hey, we're having a party. Don't bother me. No, no, no. You know, Jesus. Yeah, I know Jesus. We kill him. The one that changed water into wine. Yeah, I know that Jesus. The one that touched the lepers. Yeah, I know that Jesus. The one that raised the dead girl and Lazarus. The one that, that did all the mighty works when he touched blindness. The one that walked on water and spoke to the storm. Yes, he's in a grave. We killed him. No, he's at the door and he's not beaten. He's not dead. But his hair is white like wool. His eyes are fire and he's bad. And I can see as he pushes through the gates of hell and he takes the keys of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth and the kingdom of hell. Come on, jump to your feet and give him honor and give him praise this morning. And he takes the keys and he strips the enemy of his authority and he unlocks the gate of paradise. And the patriarchs that have been waiting, that have been waiting for the Messiah. Abraham, who are you waiting on? I'm waiting for my ram that was caught in a thicket. David, who are you looking for? I'm looking for my five smooth stones. Ezekiel, who are you looking for? I'm looking for that will that was in a will. Hebrew boys, who are you looking for? I'm looking for the fourth man that was in the middle of the flames. 
Daniel, who are you looking for? I'm looking for the one that shut the mouth of the lions. And on and on and on. Isaiah, who are you looking for? I'm looking for the one that was high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. I'm looking for the God of eternity and the King of all glory. And the Bible said Jesus led captivity captive. It was a silent Saturday. Make no mistake, there was nothing happening in an earthly realm. The disciples could not hear anything. They were confused. Many of them were doubting. But when they could see nothing, Jesus was doing his greatest work. And now Sunday rolls around and they come to put flowers on the grave. They came no more because they thought it was over there's some of you you need to throw the flowers aside you need to quit mourning and wipe away the tears because Sunday is about to break out the Bible said they came to mourn but this is what the Bible said the Bible said an angel rolled the stone now this must have been a bad angel because he not only rolled the stone away he sat on the stone when he rolled it away He's just chilling, waiting for them to come. They show up and this is what he said. You're seeking the living among the dead. He is not here because just like he said. Just like he said. He has risen. This is what I believe. I believe Hill was confused. Jesus was not saying he was finished. He was saying it was finished. He was just getting started. He was getting ready to empower a believer in the church. He was getting ready to make you and I and give us access so 2,000 years later we could walk in an old grocery store that had been converted into a church and lift up holy hands and open our mouth in Tampa, Florida and declare Jesus is alive. So I don't know where you're at right now. Maybe, maybe you're in a crazy Friday. It is finished. Maybe you're in a silent Saturday. It is finished. Maybe you're standing at the doorway of a prophetic Sunday. It is finished. But wherever you're at, I do know this. Jesus has it. Jesus is working. And it's no mistake you're at this church. He said, well, pastor, I haven't been here since last Easter. That's all right. He knew you take gaps. It's all right. But you do know we do this every week. But, but this is what he said. He said, I knew. And when I declared it was finished, it wasn't finished for me. It was finished for you. So that you and your family could walk in your purpose, could live out your destiny, could make a difference could live as an overcomer and walk in the strength of the kingdom it was finished so that you might have victory he said I I was just aligning things Friday was an alignment because Sunday was on the way Saturday became silent because when I broke out on Sunday I wanted everything completed so maybe, maybe you're walking through a crazy Friday in that type of season. Maybe you're in a silent Saturday where you're praying and hear nothing, no answer. I need you to speak, but nothing. I've got good news. There's always a Sunday 
in your future. I'm going to pray with you today. Just bow your heads with me. We're going to pray two prayers. First, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And just maybe you would be here today and say, Pastor, I need to commit my life to Jesus. I've never met Jesus. I've never invited him into my life. So you can't take access to his promises without having a relationship with him. Or maybe you're here today and say, Pastor, I've invited Jesus into my life, but I'm not in relationship with him today. I'm far from him. I just came to church today because it's really the thing to do on Easter. Makes me feel better. He wants you to do more than feel better. He wants you to live better and be better. Because he's got awesome things for you. So we're going to pray today. I'm going to make it easy. We're going to pray together. This entire church. If you're watching online, you can pray it right where you're at today. And you're going to ask him to forgive you. And you're going to declare with your mouth that Jesus is now your Savior and your Lord. And if you believe that in your heart, you're going to leave this church as a child of God. It's really that easy. He didn't make it difficult. And then you're going to know that the journey before you is greater. Then I'm going to pray over you, this entire house. And I'm going to pray that better days and greater days and a Sunday of resurrection would open in your life. So everyone, would you pray this with me? Say, Father, I thank you today for the gift of your son the gift of Jesus and I ask him today to be my savior to be my Lord to forgive me of every sin and today I release anything that would hinder that relationship I ask you to work not only today but in my future And when I leave this room, I will know that Jesus is my Lord and I am a child of God because I have been washed by him. Now, Father, I thank you for those that have prayed that prayer. I thank you for those that have committed their life today, recommitted their life today, confessed with their mouth that they are in need of a Savior. So, Father, I just pray, Father, that you would seal this. You would root this. You would give them a revelation today that without you, we can do nothing. But with you, we are an overcomer. And there's always greater days in our future. Father, I just pray that this house, Father, would leave this room today knowing that your hand of blessing is upon them. Your hand of purpose is upon them. You've always got greater things in mind for their future. So, Father, let your presence rest and your anointing be released. And favor, Father, be a roadmap to a next season. And, Father, today we pray for those around us. Just do that right now. You don't have to touch them or lay your hand. But just pray that. Father, I pray for those around me today. I pray for them. I pray for their faith. 
I pray for their journey. I pray for their family. I pray for the needs in their life. I pray for good health. I pray for prosperity in their finances. I pray for their mind to be whole. I pray for their past to be covered and their future to be declared. In Jesus' name. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download the City Life app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great worshiping with you today, and we'll see you next time.